I do have an Airbnb data consulting business. I also am the head of data for TechFester, which is a short-term rental investment fund. Okay. Uh, we've raised $37 million in the past year, and we're going to purchase about 70 homes. We'll probably finish off around 75, and we have about 35 of those live right now. Um, and we're going into our second fund. So when I talk about like homes that we have and stuff that we do and what whatnot, um, I'm talking about my day job. And if you're thinking about this when it comes to arbitrage, it's the same idea, right? So if you're going to be renting a place, you want to make sure that the structure of the place has these competitive advantages uh, from the get-go that you want to be able to win in that market, right? And so that's one of the biggest insights that we have is that we we really, when we're buying these homes, we're almost exclusively buying homes that initially, just the way they're structured, have some sort of competitive advantage over everybody else. So I am here with John Bianchi, the Airbnb data guy. John is a data analyst with Airbnb, not for Airbnb, I understand, but you analyze Airbnbs uh, in respect of their data. Yes, correct. Yeah, I help people um, understand exactly how much an Airbnb is going to make by analyzing the data of the other surrounding Airbnbs. Okay, interesting. So um, so how long have you been analyzing Airbnb data? So it started in 2017. Um, I had opened up a couple of Airbnbs that did it the really retro way, which most beginners do is they just look at other calendars and they try to piece it all together. And then uh, I realized that if I wanted to expand my business, I needed to raise money. And so then I learned about AirDNA and I started studying AirDNA and I tried to figure out how I could prove how much a home was going to make so that the investors would give me their money to open up these homes. And so that's really where it all started. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So you, you basically were, were going to the investors and you were saying, look, it, I'm not, this isn't just me making it up. This stuff's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, if you're going to raise money from somebody being able to prove exactly how much a place is going to make and what the return is going to look like yeah. makes it a lot easier to have that conversation. And so I figured I'd just use this data that I had found to be able to prove that. Yeah. So what were you doing before this? I was a investor, um, well, financial advisor, a glorified investor. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I was 24 years old, had my name on the door, uh, managed about $10 million, had my own assistant, uh, had a business partner that I was going to, you know, eventually take over his practice, <clears throat> had the whole shebang and I'd been doing it for about three years. And I just absolutely hated it. Didn't want it like, was never going to scale at it, was never going to be the best of the best and just realized I didn't want to do it. And so I was looking, actively looking for something else and Airbnb kind of landed on my lap. So went from there. Yeah. Right. So, so how does it work with your, with your clients? How, how does, uh, how does one approach you and how do you, how, what's your first steps in, in, in that process? So I actually, you're referring to when people come to me to help with data. Is that right? Yes. yes. So, um, Everything that I know is on YouTube for free. Practically everything that I know, like 90%, right? And I've got three different courses there on YouTube for free. And so usually the way that it goes is people start learning about Airbnb on YouTube and then they go down this rabbit hole and then they end up on my course and they go through the entire course, learn how to do all the analysis that I teach. And then there's a product that I offer that helps speed up that entire process, right? And so they, by going through the course, they realize that and then they eventually just reach out to me and then they we start having conversations. I got my, I have all my contact information out there, like email and Instagram. And so people will randomly DM me on all the different platforms. And I just start chatting with them and, and help them get down to the answer of like, what market are you going to enter into? And then once you figure that, uh, let's get a report for you. And then they start running through the data to make sense of, make sense of all of it and figure out exactly where the most profitable Airbnb is within whatever market they're going into. Yeah. We, we've said, we've said the word Airbnb a lot, but do you work with other, because I mean, 
obviously not all bookings for a short-term rental go via Airbnb. There's also the direct bookings and there's other platforms, other OTAs. Um, do you do you work on on do you kind of analyze, are you able to analyze any data on what would happen outside of Airbnb? So the yes is is a short answer. Um, and the data that I'm mainly using is AirDNA's data. When I'm reviewing everything and I'm going through it, like so that's the main platform that I work off of. I tell everyone else to work off that as well. Mm-hmm. And they are they what they do is they're tracking the Airbnb calendar, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you have you you obviously know this, right? When you have a place and you have it also on VRBO and and Airbnb, the calendars are linked. And so if it gets booked on Airbnb, it gets booked on VRBO at roughly around the exact same price. So by just tracking Airbnb, you technically are tracking every other platform that those people would technically be on. Um, now, yeah. in 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 like the United States, Canada, uh, vast majority of people use Airbnb over anything. And it's my understanding over in Europe, a lot of people use Booking.com quite a bit, right? In comparison. Yeah. Um, so, and I believe AirDNA does not track Booking.com as well as they do Airbnb. Actually, not at all. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't track your uh, booking.com. So I don't have that data. I don't have that information. Yeah. I've never analyzed that. Yeah, I, I bet you've, you've, you've highlighted something which is quite important because I've often wondered how AirDNA Air functions because there is, you know, the, it, I mean, the, the name's AirDNA, uh, like Airbnb. And right. it's kind of like what well, Airbnb represents a large part of the pie, but not the whole pie. Um, right. But the fact that they 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 take it kind of an estimate based upon the calendar is um is interesting to know. I, I didn't know that that uh, missing yeah, piece I, of jigsaw. You want me? Ex- I can explain it real quick. It's actually yes, it's pretty please. pretty simple. So, um, what AirDNA does is they go into the cal- every they go into the calendar of every Airbnb every single day, and they record that calendar on that day, and then they come back the next day and they record it again. And so, if you had a single booking. Right. Or sorry, so say you had a full calendar, they recorded on the first day, like nothing's booked. Then they come back the next day and they can see that you got one night booked out for a hundred dollars, right? With a $25 cleaning fee. They then assume that you've made $125 and they've they've tracked you for that one day. And then they're gonna do that the next day and the next day and the next day, and they're just gonna continue to do that. And there's a little number on Air DNA when you're going through the data that says days available. And really that's how long Air DNA has been tracking that listing, right? And so they've only been tracking it for 30 days. It'll say days available 30, right? And then it'll give you this really small number of like $5,000 made. And that's how much they've made in those 30 days, right? And so most of the data that I'm using is data that's actually been, uh, our listings that have been tracked for over 300 days, ideally. And so then you're kind of getting that annual revenue number, right? Um, So that's that's how they operate. That's how they work. And and, uh, there's a lot of other nuances to it, but like that's the gist of it. And you'll use these properties as your comparables in, in a comparable set, let's say, to, to to go to an investor and say, this is what we predict you're going to make, provided we continue on the path we've been on for the last 300 days. Correct. Exactly. So the, the logic that I use is the Burger King logic, right? So McDonald's spends millions of dollars to figure out what corner to be on, and Burger King opens up across the street. Right? Uh-huh. And when they do that, they're just mimicking what already works. And so essentially we're looking at all of these listings that have, have been up and running and have, have tested all these different styles, themes, whatever. And they've essentially figured out what works and what drives most revenue. And so then we just take that and we replicate it into our homes, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Now, one thing I didn't mention this is that I do have an Airbnb data consulting business, but I also am the head of data for TechVestor, which is a short-term rental investment fund. Okay. Uh, we've raised $37 million in the past year and we're going to uh, open up. We've already purchased about 70 homes. We'll probably finish off around 75. And we have about 35 of those live right now. 
Um, and we're going into our second fund. So when I talk about like homes that we have and stuff that we do and what whatnot, um, I'm talking about my day job <laughs> of what we do. And so that's uh, just, just in, I didn't mention it at the beginning, so I had to mention it at one point. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's good that you've mentioned that because um, it shows, you know, you know what you're talking about. Um, if you're in, in control of a fund, 37 million, it's kind of like, well, you know, that's quite a lot of money to be managing. So you should know what you're yeah, talking about. A lot of responsibility, <laughs> right? Yeah, making sure you get the right markets and uh, making sure you're maximizing the revenue and all these different little things, right? They matter a lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So what are the biggest insights that you've seen? Do you see, I mean, in, in your kind of data analysis, are, are there are there hotspots that you think the investors are missing out on? Um uh, so, I mean, there's so many different insights that I've seen. So that's, that's such a loaded, it's a very loaded question with a lot of answers. Yeah. Um, so it, it all really depends on how you want to do it, right? Like, how do you want to Airbnb? Do you want to have a small unit? Do you want to have a big unit? Do you want to have a lot of small units? Do you want to have like a few big ones, right? Like it depends on your strategy of how you're kind of going about it. Um, and if you're doing property management versus arbitrage, right? It's all kind of different. So what I'll do is I'll just stick on the one thing that I know best, which is purchasing purchasing, you know, single family homes or, or apartment buildings or anything along those lines. Right. Um, and the insights that we kind of get from that. Now, the, the main thing is when you're purchasing the real estate, right. One thing that we always try to make do make sure that we do right is we get the bones right. Right. So what, what I mean by that is when you're buying a home, it has a certain size backyard and it has a certain amount of square footage, right? There's, there's either one living room, two living rooms, three living rooms, maybe there's a garage, maybe there's not. Um, you know, that you, this, the structural stuff that you really can't change that matters so much when you originally make that initial purchase. And if you're thinking about this, when it comes to arbitrage, it's the same idea, right? So if you're going to be renting a place, you want to make sure that the structure of the place has these competitive advantages, uh, from the get go that you want to be able to win in that market. Right. And so that's one of the biggest insights that we have is that we we really, when we're buying these homes, we're almost exclusively buying homes that initially, just the way they're structured, have some sort of competitive advantage over everybody else, right? And you figure out the competitive, competitive advantage is by studying the top listings to understand exactly what their homes have, what they look like, right? And what they're doing right and, and, and what sort of features and amenities that they have that nobody else has. And when I say the top properties, I'm not just referring to the luxury properties. What you really want to do is you want to look at the ones just below luxury and, and the ones that are done extremely well, the listings that look beautiful, that kind of have all these really nice amenities. And so the main thing that we've figured out, right, is that if you can compete on uh, value rather than price, you're almost always going to win, right? And especially when you're going into like down markets because you're providing so much more value that people see that, right? And there's a there's sort of like a, um, a disconnection between a, a home that doesn't have a lot of additional amenities and then a home that just goes over the top, a, a, a customer can't really value, can't determine how much more they should be paying, but they know that they should be paying more, right? And so that number can be essentially stretched quite a bit. And, and it's sort of, it's all made up. It's like, hey, we've got all of these amenities that nobody else can touch. Um, and we've, we've priced ourselves higher, but you're getting everything else. And, and people are like, well, they're giving me everything. So I want that. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, and they go for it. Yeah. Um, I know I said a whole lot of stuff there kind of all over the place, but just to summarize, the main thing is that when you, the biggest insight is to make sure that you get a property with the, with a competitive advantage from the initial structure of it, and then, uh, try to add as many amenities as you possibly can and compete on value over price. And that's going to allow you to significantly, uh, win 
in hard times, right? Which is essentially what we're going into right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'd be really interesting to hear your your take on the current situation. Uh, the current situation with Airbnb particularly. Now, I know there's wider things going on in, in there's things going on in the wider economy, the macro economy, but with Airbnb, it seems to be that during the pandemic, the domestic tourism, I'm talking about the US, predominantly the US, but also it's happened in Europe, domestic tourism kind of boomed. With that boom, so many people went out, got Airbnbs, and now the doors are open. People are heading, they're leaving the US, uh, Canada, and they're going to Mexico, Costa Rica, wherever they're leaving the country. So now there's uh, like a, there's an increased supply, uh, increased supply, and, uh, and the demand's kind of tapered off a little bit. That's kind of how I, I see things. But what, what's your take on 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 this situation? That's that's one hundred percent accurate. Hmm. So um, how do I put this right? Exactly what you just said. There's everyone was everyone was traveling domestic because that's all they could do, and now everyone's traveling internationally, right? Hmm. Now, when COVID hit, millions like there's sorry hundreds of thousands of listings came off of the platform, right? And then over over 2020, uh, hundreds of thousands of more came back onto the platform, right? Uh, but then they but they weren't coming back in the same places. They're coming back in these sort of like drivable destinations that weren't too far away, stuff like that. And they were also being put up by a lot of amateurs, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who really didn't know what they were doing. And so what you're getting is you're you're getting all these Airbnbs popping up that uh, were following a trend. The trend being we can't go international because of COVID. So we're going to just drive two hours from our location and we're going to go to this little remote place that's away from the cities. Well, as soon as COVID is over and everything goes back to normal, these sort of remote driving destinations are, they're they're nice, but they're not like the main thing that people want to do. They want to go back to Mexico. They want to go back to Costa Rica. They want to do all this stuff, right? And so what's happening is a lot of these places that people put up, they followed a trend and now they're getting destroyed, right? Like they're they're really feeling it in those areas. And then on top of that, you also have, um, sorry, oh, sorry, but then as well, uh, the people who are in destinations that, that are metros or areas where people were still traveling, right. Uh, or continue have traveled before COVID during COVID after COVID, they're not really getting hit as hard. Right. So, um, for my for the a lot of the markets that we're in, we're kind of in those steady markets. Like we look for a market that wasn't too affected by COVID, because that gives us a little bit like that consistency of people going there no matter what at any time of the year, right, or any time of the economic set, uh, cycle. So, your estimate is one hundred percent accurate. Exactly what's happening, um, we see that over and over and over again. And in, and the interesting thing is that the cities actually boomed during this past summer. Right. Like they they were doing extraordinarily well in comparison to these remote locations. And that's once again just another trend. So this the the sort of Airbnb bust is like a combination of a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the main thing that you can sort of narrow it down to is a lot of people uh following a trend and a lot of people putting up really bad Airbnbs, right? And as soon as the, the the travel for those areas constrains a little bit, all of those Joe Blows who don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. start to feel it the most. And they start complaining that I was lied to by the internet. You know what I mean? The, <laughs> meanwhile, they took the photos with their phone and like they're doing a terrible job on, on putting it together and all this different stuff because, you know, we have a bunch of homes and we're not feeling any constraints. Like we're, we're still outpacing what we expected to, to do. 
Now, I'm not saying that the entire, like, I, there's definitely a drop in a lot of different locations, like a ton of locations from uh, 2021 to 2022 have dipped at like 10, 15, 20%. However, these people who are doing it right within those markets, such as ourselves, not to brag about it, but it's like, it's, it's accurate. We are doing it right because we're not getting constrained. Um, if you're doing it right, you sh you're not feeling it nearly as much as the people who just threw it up and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, so, right. Yeah, it's always going to be those that suffer first in any kind of any industry in a, in a constriction of the economy. It's going to be the those who are kind of at the at the lower end of the of the professionalism of the of the offering are going to be the ones that suffer first because they're going to be they're the less desirable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so it, a bit of a theme of this um of this podcast is that well it aim it, it aims to to serve as a as a mentor to hosts so. A bit of a theme is that I ask for a a tool that you may use that would help other hosts. Is there are there any things that you use which would help people in their day to day business lives? Uh, would a tool be considered like AirDNA? That could very well be a tool. <laughs> is that... <laughs> yeah. Is there? Yeah, I, yeah, mean, no, I think that's a good one. AirDNA works. Yeah, AirDNA works. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. like, well, so. Two, I've got two tools, right? Um, do a little self-promotion for a second. But uh, the, the first tool being AirDNA. AirDNA is, definitely has like the best data. Um, you know, you can you can go on there. You can make a lot of sense of a lot of different locations and you can get some quick answers with it, right? Now, the issue with AirDNA is that you can't go deep into the data, at least not in a, a, an efficient way, right? What I mean by that is when you're getting a location, there's so many tiny little amenities and features that matter so much that you really want to make sure that you're understanding what are the main revenue drivers of that location so that you can maximize the revenue of your potential property, right? And looking at averages for a location is never gonna do that for you. You have to study the in-depth uh, information of each individual listing until you come up with that answer. And a really great example of this is that we have two locations that are down the street from each other. They're both five bedrooms. The only difference between them is one has a larger backyard and it's making $60,000 more. Right. And so if you understand that little nuance, those little nuances, you can maximize your revenue like crazy. And so my reports that I have and that I create for my clients helps you understand these little nuances by following the process that I teach on YouTube with the report that eventually leads to those types of answers. Right. And essentially allows you to win within your market and and win during those those hard times. Mm. So those are the two tools. There's it's AirDNA and my reports, which are referred to as profit maps. Okay, my reports is not one that I'd uh, I'd heard about. <laughs> Your report. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to to talk to you. And if people want to find out about find out more about you and about the service you offer, how would they go about doing so? Uh, you can look up my name uh, at the Airbnb data guy anywhere online. Uh, you can also look up my name on YouTube, John Bianchi, just type it into YouTube. You're going to find all of my courses, go to my playlist on my YouTube channel. We've got three different courses on there. I think that if you're going to talk to me or you're going to approach me, or if you're going to reach out to me, uh, it makes more sense for you to actually go to my YouTube channel first and watch my content and watch my courses because it's going to answer probably half or more of the questions that you're going to ask me in the first place. And then you have an understanding of who I am, what kind of value I offer and how I can help you. And so that's my recommendation is just head straight to YouTube. Excellent. John, it's been an education talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you.